0: Welcome to LinkedIn Smart, a podcast revealing secrets to success on LinkedIn. Each week, we interview one remarkable person willing to share their best strategies. So sit down, relax, and enjoy the interview. Here is our host, Vitek Ladislav.
1: In today's episode of LinkedIn Smart Podcast, we are going to talk to LinkedIn brand strategist who is recognized for insightful talent development and cultivating high-performance teams globally. He has held leadership positions with Sony, Thomas Nelson, Stone VC and other companies, and now he shares all his knowledge and expertise around LinkedIn with his clients. Let's welcome Kevin Turner. So, Kevin, um, welcome to the show, uh, LinkedIn Smart Podcast. Uh, it's awesome to have you here.
0: Uh, VTech, thank you very much for inviting me. It's a, it's a great honor. I, I love your podcast and uh, very excited to be here. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Kevin,
1: first question, uh, same for everybody. What is the story with you and LinkedIn? How has it started? You
0: know, I, I joined LinkedIn back in 2005 and uh, had always gotten very excited about it. Uh, I knew back then that it had an opportunity to increase the ability to network digitally. Uh, I have always been in the business of uh, kind of international trade uh, and kind of keeping up with people uh, can be difficult at times uh, but this gave me ability to kind of connect to give them a place where they could find me and I could find them at any moment. And so uh, much of my network within LinkedIn is very global. Uh, no other platform was providing that for me in the sense of it being very professional and very businesslike. Mm-hmm. Um, things have evolved with LinkedIn uh, as we all see it, it and especially even in the last year. Uh, you know, things have changed. And uh, I think LinkedIn will continue to change. But uh, I used to um, present uh, how to use LinkedIn many years back, back towards the beginning, uh, for groups of individuals who are in transition. So to help them understand, how do you get on LinkedIn? How do you create a profile that's attractive, that shows your value, that helps you kind of build your brand? And then How do you use that to find your next opportunity? How do you network digitally? Mm -hmm. And that was part of a process. I used to do it in front of groups of six, 700 people in transition. And what naturally came from that is you would get contacted and the the phone call would come in and it's like, Kevin, what did you mean when you said? And you were like, did I really say that? (laughs) You know, What was it? Tell me a little bit more. And all of a sudden they were basically saying, can you help me with this? Can you help me perfect my profile? Can you help me do this? And it became kind of a, a, a side gig, shall we say, where I went in and helped people kind of build those profiles out and uh, help them then understand kind of, uh, you know this whole part of uh, social networking, how does it work, social currency, how do you build it so that they could move forward. And it really became an opportunity uh, You know, that I made a decision at one point, I was traveling internationally 80% of my month, home one weekend a month. It was too much. And, uh, you know, this other piece kept building and people kept asking for more and looked at that and said, you know, there's a business there. And decided to kind of step off and do that. And actually do it with my wife, who is a, uh, a freelance writer and has been for many years. And we really kind of created a business together and have moved forward with it. And it's been fantastic. So to me, LinkedIn is a, an incredible opportunity. But we have to realize what it is so that we can then focus it to do what we need it to do. And it does a lot of different things for a lot of different people.
1: Mm. Kevin, when did you decide to become a I mean, professionally, LinkedIn, a LinkedIn trainer. Was it was it a difficult decision to, to be made? Uh, you know, how was the transition?
0: And again, I, I think it it created itself. As I was speaking before, I was doing these presentations to give back and then they became requests to help them, you know, with payments uh, involved with, hey, I, if you could help me, I'll pay you. And it naturally evolved. But I think it was the passion uh, that I saw within LinkedIn, the opportunities I saw within LinkedIn that really drove me that direction. It made sense. It evolved. And uh, it was also uh, a solution to uh, maybe getting off the road a little bit.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So okay. it, it all kind of came together on its own. I didn't plan to be where I am within LinkedIn and and uh, kind of what happens within LinkedIn. I didn't plan it. It kind of evolved in that way. And it was because I had a passion for the platform.
1: Hmm. Yeah. The passion is uh, very much um, vocal in your, in your voice and I can, I can, I can see you. So, uh, in, I mean, our listeners probably <laughs> they won't, they won't see you, but um, I think it is, it is uh, very much in your voice that, that passion for LinkedIn. And I like it.
0: What drives you on LinkedIn? What, what, what makes you really happy? You know, I think what makes me most happy is helping others understand, And watching them grow through the process, Uh, whether they're looking for a job, whether they're building their business, um, whether they're just looking for an outlet, right, for their knowledge to share, but helping them begin the process, mentoring them through that, that's what gets me the most excited. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, where else can you do that? Mm -hmm. You mentioned on your profile
1: that you're providing the sharpest tools and strategies for your professional success. So share with us some sharpest tools and strategies.
0: Well, you know, I, I think it, it goes to, first of all, understanding what LinkedIn is, a, is a, as a platform, right? It It's not a social good site. Some people think it is. It's the, that's not the purpose of LinkedIn. LinkedIn is a business. And much like businesses, it has its interests. Um, The first thing I think you have to realize about LinkedIn is it is based on the principles of six degrees of separation. Within six handshakes, you can meet anybody in the world. Mm -hmm. Kevin Bacon thing, right? That's what they always say. Um, What is interesting about LinkedIn is they figured that out very early. And what they decided to do was cut you off at three handshakes. So you would have to pay for the other three, or the other three would have to pay to get to you. That's the basic business model of LinkedIn. It's fairly simple. It's a 20 plus billion dollar company today. It still hasn't made a penny, which I always wonder about that. <laughs> you know, How does that happen? How do, how do you keep that sustaining? But they seem to, right? And to me, the, the amazing part of that is it's all about really kind of packaging up and selling members as product. And that's what we are on LinkedIn. We are product, but we should never be offended by that because if we have value as a product, we get promoted by LinkedIn. And so, you know, that in itself becomes the equation for success on LinkedIn is you have to add value to both LinkedIn as a business and LinkedIn as a platform. And, you know, there's ways of doing that. And LinkedIn has, really looked at everybody's profile in the sense of you're either just a profile, a brochure that sits on the site, or you're a builder of the community. And, you know, that in its sense is how you become successful on LinkedIn is you have to realize those components. And that's what always will get you rewarded within LinkedIn. Now, you also have to bring in the, the concept of social currency, right? And social currency means you, you have to invest and you have to take care of others and you have to help them be better, right? And in, at some point, you're able to cash that social currency in, right? To your benefit, mm-hmm. in, in a sense, you know. But I always say, you know, social currency is, is based in uh, the gold standards of kind of sharing, caring, and reciprocity. If you can bring those three components in, your social currency will grow. And there'll be times where you can cash that social currency in, to help you do whatever you need to do, you know, whether it's to, to find the next opportunity, whether it's to, you know, grow your business. But if you're not building that, you're not going to get the next piece. Mm-hmm. Now, to me, what has happened with LinkedIn since they have uh, really kind of uh, basically been purchased by Microsoft, right? Uh, and the events of uh, bringing in Google Backbone, within the last nine months. Um, there's a lot more AI, there's a lot more kind of uh, predictive uh, analysis going on, basically. Mm-hmm. So everything we're doing now on LinkedIn, you know, there there is a psychographic profile that's being built about us and our value that mm-hmm. we add not only to LinkedIn, but how, how would we add value to an organization? So, The beauty of that is things like uh, people who are cyber bullies, right? Who are trolls, who are constantly fighting and conflicting and causing problems. That's actually becoming part of a profile now so that when a recruiter is searching on LinkedIn to find people, they're going to be at the bottom of the list. Hmm. It's almost like a natural selection, right? But they're getting smarter and they're getting more of this kind of uh, predictive uh, analysis of the individuals within the platform to decide whether they should be promoted, pushed forward, or kind of hidden. Mm. And people need to realize that. So it's not as simple as you might think. There's a lot more uh, kind of AI going on on this platform now in the last nine months than there ever was before. Yeah. To me, that's fascinating. Uh, you know, I enjoy kind of trying to figure that out. But you know, it is so deep in, in the mathematics that, that you know, if you spend all your time trying to figure that out, all you are doing, and, and I always say, you know, if you're chasing algorithms, all you are doing is running in a race that ran yesterday. Because hmm. the the whole process between setting up algorithms is to control a platform, right? If I allow the controls to be understood by many, then I lose control. So the only way to keep control is to keep moving the algorithm. So anybody who tells you, I know the algorithm, knows the race that happened yesterday. Nobody wants to run in that. You wanna run in the race that's happening today or tomorrow. And so it's it can be a trap that people fall into. And you know, to me, it, it goes back to, if you're doing the right things in social currency, Uh, in interacting appropriately on the platform, you will be rewarded. Don't worry about the small bits and pieces, you know, that people are presenting. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. You've got to, it's more basic. Mm -hmm. The real equation is more basic. And I think people have a tendency to forget that. And they follow too many people who tell them exactly what to do every single day. And I don't, you know, I don't see that it leads them forward.
1: Mm -hmm. It's interesting that you mention uh, the AI technology because I can I can see it also having a, a big impact on LinkedIn, and uh, I'm pretty sure you know Crystal knows that uh, mm-hmm. tool which is which is out there which basically predicts certain character of a person based on his or her behavior on social media on LinkedIn actually for that matter, and it's. Um, In a way, it's very, very interesting that it will give you certain cues and uh, things, you know, how to start conversation, what to do, you know, what to talk about, not to talk about, what not to talk about, and things like that. So, AI is getting inside uh, our day-to-day life, I guess, uh, more and more, uh, we like it or not. Uh, But I would like to go back to the basics where you mentioned that, uh, you mentioned something which... uh, I would like to know more about, you know, what are the basics? You mentioned you mentioned the basics. You mentioned the doing the right things on the platform. What is for you? How, how would you define that? Well, you know, I,
0: I think part of that is is, first of all, understanding who you are, right? What value do you bring to the table? You know, what is that? What is that? And it's, it's going to be unique to you as an individual. You have to understand that. You have to be able to articulate that uh, both uh, textually, right? On your profile and I think visually also helps, right? Bring all those things in to help people understand, you know, really how they could uh, benefit from knowing you, mm-hmm. you know, in that sense. I think that's the first start, but from there it's about engaging, right? To move forward, to get more people to understand you know, that value to share, to help others grow. All that components in in, in engaging is, is, uh, I think, critical on this platform and LinkedIn knows it. LinkedIn knows that the more people uh, produce on the platform, the more attractive the platform is, right? So they understand that and they're rewarding that. And I think people on LinkedIn, the majority of uh, members on LinkedIn, have set up a brochure and that's all they've done. And there are some gorgeous brochures, but that's all they are. They don't, they won't drive traffic. They won't close deals. They won't make opportunities happen. It's the next step. And that's the engagement, the, you know, creating articles, creating posts, commenting, you know, those kind of things are are what's really going to change that brochure into uh, a value. Right, uh, that people can understand, and uh, I think most members on LinkedIn don't know that yet. Mm. You know, they might use it as a news source. Uh, they might check in every now and then, but they're not really contributing. They're not building. They're not sharing, and and therefore they're not getting the full capacity of the site. Mm. I know and I've
1: noticed because, um, you know, we've been uh, um, following each other for quite some time on on the LinkedIn and I've noticed that um, you're always there, (laughs) it seems like. You're always there Um, and you are...
0: I don't know if that's a good
1: thing. Well, that that would be my question, actually. You know, I I can see that you're commenting, uh, you're doing your post, you're commenting on other people's posts very, very much. is that the strategy what you're talking about in terms of engagement? Is that what um, drives more engagement to your side? I, I presume
0: it would, right? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I have uh, opportunities that, that find me in the sense of people will mention, you know, I, I like the posts that you made or the comment that you made, uh, you know, on somebody else's post. That creates an opportunity for a relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, and and what you do from there, you know, decides whether that becomes a bigger opportunity and, uh, but absolutely, Uh, you know, if if you are not engaging again, that brochure where your profile really won't do that much for you Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And and LinkedIn understands that when you begin and become more engaged, LinkedIn rewards you, rewards you with more exposure good for them, good for you, right? But if you ignore the equation, if you're just one of those persons who go and and read posts and read articles and maybe clicks a like, you know, a reaction and, and you know, and then moves on, you have very little value to the platform. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to just allow you to kind of flounder towards the, the bottom of, of any kind of results, right? Or any kind of drive towards you. Kevin,
1: do you plan to create content. Do you have any any specific plan or strategy how to create content for for you, for yourself, for, um,
0: for your brand? I, I do schedule time. And uh, in the sense of what do you want to accomplish during the week, right? And then kind of, um, I spend about probably an hour and a half over the weekend deciding what those topics are, building out some of the topic, uh, maybe even uh, the accompanying uh, PDF or video or whatever that might be in that process and then deciding when is best to release it mm-hmm. based on who I want to attract to the content. Um, but yes, uh, could it be better? Absolutely. Um, I do not use any kind of automation because you lose control. And I think people notice when, when you automate things so you know there's some natural time and progression in putting those posts together um, that are probably not the most efficient use right automation can be much more efficient but I think people see them as more real mm-hmm. and that seems to get the, the the better response many
1: times I get a question from from my friends and my business colleagues they always um, struggling with the content and where to find an inspiration how to you know, to produce content. Uh, what is your, what is your answer to those people? Because I'm pretty sure that you get, you get this question very often as well, you know, how to Absolutely. produce content.
0: You, you know, and, and I even myself do this. And, and that is um, while you're reading other content that you're enjoying, right? Comment on it and come on it on it in, a, in a intelligent way, not just, hey, that's great, right? Put something in there put some meat on the table, and then realize when when people respond to that, that that might be something that you can expand on to create your own content. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people forget, uh, you know, that uh, you don't have to jump right into posting. You don't have to create this, uh, you know, campaign, uh, you know, that uh, you've got out planned out six months. It, it doesn't normally work that way. Step in, put a step in, start, engaging on other people's uh, comments or other people's posts, pardon me, with comments that are intelligent and then cultivate that relationship. And often, you know, if you work with the right influencers on LinkedIn, right? If you're following them, if you're adding uh, positive content that helps them build as well, right? You actually acquire some of their own following And so, you know, smart to be a little strategic about it, Uh, you know, who you know, uh, who you want to focus on. Um, I don't suggest people just watch their feed roll by and start commenting on what they see. Go out there and be proactive. Have your list of uh, individuals that you enjoy. If they're not showing up in your feed, go look them up. Find out what they're talking about that week. If you can add intelligently to it, add intelligently to it. And, you know, from there, you'll start building, you know, that, I guess that right, uh, following in, in a way you're, you're, you're riding on their coattails. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds terrible, but it shouldn't be if you're doing it for the right reasons, right?
1: No, it's, it's, it's really, really great tip, uh, how to start with the content, you know, start just simply start commenting on other people's posts and, yeah. uh, adding some real value, as you mentioned, not just these shout outs, you know, great post and fantastic and awesome and all that. I'm, Really make make it meaningful, um, and that's that's great. I just wanted to ask you, Kevin, is there any specific type of content which you have tested and that works really well for you? Is it video, short te- short
0: text, or um... you know, interesting enough? What what seems to work for me best is multi-page PDFs,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I've been doing that now for a little over a year. One of the things that I like to do is share. Uh, when new features come out and I have my hashtag, that I use a uh, new LinkedIn feature. I share that and I share it with, uh, you know, small uh, bit of text mm-hmm. and then uh, go right into this kind of attached PDF, which walks them through screenshots and gives them some insights, maybe even things that you wouldn't think about how this could impact, how this could be used uh, in a different way, right? Repurpose to do even better for you. And I put that all in that PDF and people spend time going through the pages on the PDF and they comment. And interesting enough, and I always find this a measure of, of a good post is when you get more comments, then you get reactions. Because reactions is like, oh, that was nice, sweet. Click, go on, right? To me, when somebody spends time to do a comment, they're really into it. They're enjoying it. And, you know, you want to bring those out. But um, I always measure my posts, the success of my posts by how many more comments I get than than reactions. And usually it's about a three to one. And I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, if I get a post where I get more reactions and comments, I think, well, that's kind of a dud to me mm. because it really didn't involve community, right? And build community and, and give other people opportunity to kind of participate in it. But that's one of my areas that uh, is a focus, it's a passion. I love discovering new things on LinkedIn and sometimes I'm not the first to discover it and what I try to do there is say who did, right? And so I give them credit and often the visuals I'll use, they're incorporated into the visuals. So to me, you know, you can't always be first and if you want to establish yourself as first in, you're, you're always going to be fighting it. So, but I like to still get my group to understand, you know, this is a new feature. And, you know, let's say John Asperian found it before I did. I'm going to use John as part of that process and John appreciates it, you know, but it just makes a better share. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's uh, something I think is really important for people to do is, you know, when, when it's not your original idea, uh, maybe you weren't the first to discover, help people understand who was, who brought it to your table. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: There's nothing wrong with that. You don't lose any power in that process. You actually create a collaborative, Mm -hmm. I guess, uh, reputation for yourself. And I think that's really important too, because that's who people want to deal with.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. You know, I wouldn't want to share with somebody who I didn't think would give me credit at some point in that process. And so it helps. It's not a weakness, it's a strength. Yeah,
1: And I think it goes back to what you mentioned just before, you know, collaborate with influencers. You're basically giving a shout out to somebody who has discovered that particular thing or or inspired you to write a post about something and you can give them a shout out. And then obviously, if you put them on the pedestal, if it's not like, oh, you know, it's me, me, me. And by the way, I just, you know, but it's the opposite way around, I think... People always appreciate that, right? Like um, you giving a credit to someone else. It's like uh, giving credit to your employees in your organizations for you know fantastic work. I think people people are happy to being appreciated, being acknowledged, and um, I don't think we do it often enough. But I think I think I like I like LinkedIn because for some reason we have that. That culture among among the people on LinkedIn, at least in the majority, I feel that uh, we do that, and even actually LinkedIn suggests, you know, to give a kudos to your employees or to some somebody else. You can do that um, little thing uh, on the LinkedIn. So so that's uh, that's really cool, um, and um, of course. When I was asking about the format of, of the post or, you know, what, what works for you, I'm a little bit biased because, you know, I'm, I'm all over videos and stuff, you know, from, you know, 20 years on. So uh, I wanted to ask you uh, how video work for you
0: in terms of, of LinkedIn. You know, I, I have done uh, some video on LinkedIn and uh, it, it, it has done OK for me, but it's not been, I guess it's not been just my, my strong point. And, you know, I think that's one of the beauties of LinkedIn, right, is it provides many opportunities to present yourself or, you know, your value forward, uh, you know, to different individuals who have different uh, needs, right, different audiences, and they all work. And the beauty of it is we're not all doing the same thing because if we're all doing the same thing, it would be quite boring. Right? So, you know, my specialty may be here. Your specialty may be there. Find out what works for you and your audience and then perfect it. And, you know, that's the beauty of of LinkedIn is it does give you these, uh, I guess, variances in what you get. Most places you go, it's one thing. If it's, you know, TikTok, it's all video, right? If it's, uh, you know, wherever else, Wikipedia, it's all text. LinkedIn gives you the ability to kind of, uh, I think, make the feed very flavorful, mm-hmm. you know, in the sense that everything is different and uh, people should find out, you know, what makes them uh, uh, the best return. Mm-hmm. And I do think video is important. And in many ways, I use it in different ways than, than posting. I will do a lot of um, uh, video messages. So you know, mm-hmm. to me, it's a nice way to bring you know my personality forward. Um, so they see my face, they hear my voice. Um, you know, I like it better than the voice message. You know, so I will do video messaging, whereas I might not do so many video posts. But I do communicate a lot by video messaging, especially if I'm out and about. You know, grab the the mobile app and. Right there, you're, you're you're done, right? You've solved the the situation, and maybe you've given a little extra visual to it. So you know, I think everybody has to find what works for them.
1: It's actually very interesting because um, this is our first encounter in terms of a video, and um, when I saw your because I've seen your profile many times, and I, I look at your and I look at your picture, you always. Remind me um, a very, very serious and um, and strict um, school teacher. You know, I had one school teacher, and I have this, this picture in my mind. And this is exactly. And when I when I actually when we started this discussion, I was like, oh, that's completely not it. That's not him. You know, he's kind of like a
0: cool guy, cool dude, man. It's it's a little bit of a cheeky picture, uh, but one of the reasons I I you know did that was just to be different, right? It's kind of like uh, the uh, the laundromat. You ever seen the laundromat that had, uh, when they had their sign put on the building, it was put on upside down. Okay. it said laundry upside down. It's famous as a masterpiece in marketing, but it was actually a mistake, right? They hung the sign upside down and when they left, they didn't come back to refix it. So they just said, that's our that's our look. <laughs> it's so different that it works. And so that's kind of what I was doing when I, when I did my, I said, everybody else has got this straight on shot, which by the way, can lead to identity theft. And I thought, well, what can I do that's just a little different that sets things apart. And, you know, so I tried that and and I've enjoyed it. I may change it again soon. I don't know. I do get that. Oh, you're so serious. And then when they get to know me, I am serious, but I enjoy myself. (laughs) And I enjoy those around me. So, you know, it's just kind of part of it. But uh, it is an important uh, sense that uh, people need to be careful on their photos. This straight on shot, you know, can be scraped so easily on LinkedIn. And uh, you can make passports and driver's licenses and all these kind of things with just a straight on shot. So I always tell people have at least what we call a one ear shot. That means only one ear is showing, right? Doesn't have to be extreme like mine. But if you do that, then nobody can capture that, use it, uh, you know, uh, to uh, basically steal your identity. And, you know, I'm less worried about somebody opening a credit card in my name. I'm more worried about traveling through an airport one day and they say, uh, you got to come with us, right? You're in a country where you don't have any control. Those are the kind of things that can happen and people need to realize that on LinkedIn is, You've got, to, you've got to really know what information you're providing out there and if there's any danger in that. Mm-hmm. To me, uh, another thing on LinkedIn is birthdays. I, I don't think you should post your birthday on LinkedIn. It's a little too much personal information. Mm-hmm. Combine that with a photo. Combine that with when you graduated. I could probably figure out the year you were born. That's a lot of information. So, you know, we should be careful with what we put out there. Part of that is, uh, I guess, back to that is, is your image itself.
1: Yeah, it's very, very interesting um, what, you, what you're just saying. And uh, from that perspective, I wanted to ask you, what do you think about uh, being very personal on LinkedIn uh, compared to being maybe more businesslike? Where do you draw the line between, uh, you know, the things, you know, we always talk about it, you know, how, how, how many personal information you can really share or how much personal you can be on LinkedIn?
0: You know, and I think it, again, depends on what is that individual trying to accomplish on LinkedIn and who is their audience. Uh, you know, if it's all business, then all business is what your persona forward should be. Um, if you are hoping to build relationships based on trusting you as an individual, you can share a little more personal. But I think there's still, a, there is a point where it's too much, right? Right. So you know if, if the main core is to do more business, um, you know focus as much as you can on the professional, but add a little of the personal in there. you know In, in, in the sense of uh, um, Bob Berg, the uh, author always says you know people uh, uh, buy from people they uh, know like and trust. Mm-hmm. So sometimes to get that uh, no like, and trust, you have to go beyond just the uh, very serious message all the time. And you got to throw a little personality in there. So I think that's fine. I'm more comfortable at that level than I am people who share everything, right, about personal life and everything else. uh, But I don't judge people for doing that either. You know, it may fit what they're trying to accomplish on LinkedIn. Interesting, uh, um, definitely. Uh, coming back to uh,
1: to you, you mentioned that you like to research in new tools and, and new uh, features on a LinkedIn, and uh, LinkedIn actually brought back one feature which was polls and introduced new feature which is LinkedIn Stories. Uh,
0: what what is your take on uh, these two things? You know, I I like polls. Um, I had actually discovered it. Uh, probably 6 months before it came out and i wrote uh, it's in my uh, guide on new features to me polls are a, a great way to begin a conversation because they lead people to talking more about it than sometimes a post does now the difficulty in polls are you're polling your own network which has a viewpoint right because you've built your network so Uh, They can be skewed from reality, right? And sometimes because it's a poll within social media, people don't always answer it the way they should. I did a poll about uh, two months ago and I did it on Saturday night. I posted it at 6 p.m. on Saturday night and by 12 midnight, right? Same Saturday night, 20% of the responses was... I do not use LinkedIn on Saturday night. <laughs> so you, you obviously think, well, how did you get this poll if you don't use LinkedIn? So there can be some you know, uh, manipulation in, in what those answers are. But I think they are a great way to kind of move things forward to begin conversations more than they are about the results of the poll. Because even so, the results of the poll can be interpreted it interpreted in different ways. So I think, you know, to me, it's a good conversation starter. I like to do at least one a week. You know, I usually do it towards the beginning of the week when we don't have maybe our thinking caps on as strongly as we should, right? So it's a softer uh, approach to engagement, both on the author part and the voters, right? It helps them kind of step into the week. So, you know, I try to do one of those either on a Monday or Tuesday, um, and they seem to work well. Mm-hmm. And uh, what about the other feature, which I mentioned, LinkedIn Stories? You know, LinkedIn Stories, um, I, I've tried LinkedIn Stories uh, and I, I never really got a lot of momentum from it, but I know some people do. Um, there are a few people out there who are doing it very well. Uh, Joe Sanders does, does a nice job of LinkedIn Stories. And again, it goes back to LinkedIn offers a lot of features. You've got to understand who you are, who your audience is, and then use the features that match those. So I know enough about LinkedIn stories. If somebody asks me, how do you use it? How do you make it work? How do you get the most advantage of it? We can talk about that. But for me, it's just it has not been an effective tool for me, although I enjoy watching many of them. I just have not been creating those. I think LinkedIn sometimes has a tendency to see what other social media platforms are doing and try to incorporate them in very quickly without really thinking, <laughs> you know? So I'm not so sure that they thought stories all the way out. I think stories uh, in the sense that it should be something that you can also uh, work on your desktop with, and it shouldn't be only mobile, you know? And to me, that I think that's been a limiter. So if people got stories on their desktop and were able to create stories on their desktop, as well as mobile, I think it would take off. Hmm. So I think they just haven't put the firepower behind it that they needed to for it to really be successful. Because I'm not so sure it is successful yet. Mm -hmm. Kevin,
1: imagine that you have a magic wand and um, you can wave the magic wand and LinkedIn uh, at least some of the feature of the LinkedIn will change. What
0: feature will that be? That that could be a whole hour conversation. Because <laughs> there's a lot of them. You know, one thing I would love to see, and it, it's something that's happening right now um, on another platform. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Clubhouse. Yes. Clubhouse has created kind of an audio um conference room, for no better term, right? You can set who the admins are, you can set who the speakers are, and anybody can come in, right? And and uh, hopefully raise their hand, ask questions. Um, I would love to see that feature come into LinkedIn, but in the sense of groups. And I know um, there's another individual out there, Liam, uh, he's a proponent of that as well. To me, I would love to see that because it would be great on LinkedIn if there was uh, areas that you could go into for subject matters where you could basically join a chat, right? And I would like to see that. And uh, to me, that would be fantastic because um, I think audio is much easier than typing, right? And so you can hear people, plus you get a more personal feel for them. Um, I'm not so sure LinkedIn could host video in on top of that because that gets much more complicated, right? And you know, who's showing up when and where. But, you know, I'd like to see that uh, because I think it would help revive groups in that sense. Um, to me, I think that would be a, a brilliant thing to do. Um, the other thing I wish LinkedIn would really work on the AI that's needed to cull fakes, hmm. fake uh, profiles, uh, spam emails, um, you know, things along that line. They, they really focus on... The fact that it's the member's duty to report all these, which I do as much as I can. I think everybody does. But at the same time, there are so many things they could do in AI to uh, eradicate a lot of that. And they're just not doing as much as I think they should do. So I'd love to see that change. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting because I think that
1: um, uh, what you mentioned about uh, about Clubhouse, uh, and the audio, I really feel and think that, uh, as you rightly said, that, you know, probably should have been done with the groups, right? And that would be fantastic, you know, to have something like this in the groups. But I don't really think, or I don't really see and understand why groups went this way and why they why they are buried so down there. And um, they kind of like a. It feels to me a little bit similar to um, to articles in some some sense. What do you what do you think about about articles and about um, does it make sense to, to still write the articles or should you know, one consider
0: only the, the, the post on the personal profile? You know, I, the, the beauty in an article, right, is the fact that it stays, whereas posts have kind of a, a lifespan. Technically, mm-hmm. they're on there for a long time, but they have a lifespan. They go away, they're pushed away. They're harder to find the older they get. Articles are always there. Articles are searched and indexed by all the major search engines out there, so they can lead back to you, and they can help you establish your knowledge leadership where it's always there. Bring it into the feature section of your profile and, you know, build it from there. Use it, and one of the ways I've been using is I've got two articles that one is uh, kind of hidden resources within LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. How do you get LinkedIn to respond to you? How do you suggest new features to LinkedIn? How do you, you know, get on the beta testing? Those are all in one article and they're direct links to posts of the past, right? That kind of keep it established in one area, kind of an overall uh, collection. I do the same thing on, you know, 50 plus new LinkedIn features. Mm -hmm. It's all into one article, but they do go back to each post. And, uh, you know, I've been able to find posts of my own on LinkedIn that that are over seven years old. So the posts are still there. It's just finding them, connecting to them, but an article can be a way to do that. Same thing I just saw, um, and I can't remember who it was, somebody was taking all their podcasts that they've been uh, involved in, and they created an article with direct links and video clips of each podcast. And so another nice kind of way to keep a collection, right, of things. Uh, in, a, in an article form. But I think articles um, are, you know, something that people should do, uh, but they're not going to drive the same engagement and connectivity that a post will, or at least not in the short run.
1: Right.
0: I hope that makes sense. Yes, absolutely. But, um, and jumping back to groups, I think originally the way groups were set up The admin of the group had a lot of power within that group. And I have run, I think, close to six different groups. Uh, One of them had uh, over 50,000 members. One of the things I could do as an admin is I could 10 times a day if I wanted to, I could send a direct message to all those members. And that was the first thing that uh, LinkedIn took away, was the admin's ability to communicate directly with all the members at any time they wanted to. So you could push posts out in the group, but you could also put your own message out. And I think LinkedIn didn't like that because they didn't control it, hmm. right? And so that was one of the things that went away. That, I think, defeated a lot of groups, you know, hmm. in that in that sense. And so um, some of this goes back to if, if the feature has too much power and control for the member, sometimes LinkedIn will pull it back. And I think that's what that's what's happened with groups. And they've just kind of existed, slightly been ignored. You know, now you can send one message out a week, as opposed to you could send it out as many times as you wanted during the day. So they're trying to get back to giving it a little more power, but I don't think they'll ever go back to the where it was.
1: Uh, Kevin, you mentioned something about engagement and uh, engagement on the, on articles and posts and also uh, that brought me to to, um, um, to an idea about about business or company pages, and um, because many times uh, some of my friends and some of my business colleagues they're trying to push the business page, you know, they're they're posting there and they not, they, they really don't get much of an engagement. Um, what do you think about about that, and how can we go about business pages?
0: You know, and and I've played with business pages for some time, and I've got a pretty good following on my own business page, but engagement is never going to be as strong on it. Uh, you know, it's just, I think just the, the way people are tuned on LinkedIn, you respond to people. And so a business, uh, you know, do I respond to a business when a business sends me something out? I know it's all about selling, right? That's my... Thought when when a business pushes it out. So I have a tendency not to look at it myself. I know that that's a fact of me and probably that way for many. And so I think um, it's important to have a business page. It's important to use it, uh, you know, appropriately, but I don't think it's ever going to be as effective as a really, really strong personal profile will be in engagement. Now, One of the tools I do like on business pages, if you're an admin on a business page and you have um, uh, employees within the organization, uh, you can use that to basically message them when you have a post that you want them to reshare or to contribute to. So you can use it in that sense to, I think, create momentum and to get messages out. And I don't think a lot of people are doing that in their business pages yet. Um, But I think that's a a great option, um, you know, to kind of uh, give it a little more strength.
1: Hmm. Yeah, so so still very, very important, important feature, yet not really, uh, you know, you shouldn't really expect too much of an engagement there. Right. Um, And I think I think, yeah, it's more about uh, personal profiles at the the LinkedIn. Kevin, I, I just wanted to—I um, wanted to ask you—is uh, there anybody who you like to give a shout out to, and um, you know, some some of the people on 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 the LinkedIn who you really like, and you feel like you know the listeners of this podcast should follow and and um, you know check out the profiles. Uh,
0: there are a many, of, and I would probably part of
1: yours, Kevin, of course.
0: Yeah, I'll probably get in trouble <laughs> by missing somebody, and, and and Vitek, you're one that they should be following. Um, some of the people that I enjoy the most, uh, John As- Asperian, uh, really enjoy his uh, contributions. Um, Jeff Young for his positivity, right? Uh, and uh, um, Shelley Esslinger for her uh, anti-bullying. I like I like that message. Um uh, Susan P. Joyce, who is an incredible, uh, I think just caring person who wants to help job seekers constantly. You know, I, I like the things that she shares. Uh, Bob McIntosh, also for the same reason. He seems to be focused on helping people find that next opportunity. Um, Austin Belcheck, another individual who I like in the sense that he thinks of approaching acquiring your opportunity in different ways than we normally would think of them. And so I think, you know, his creativity kind of breaks the mold and helps people think differently. So those are a few, but there are many. And, uh, you know, if somebody follows me, they will see. I I communicate, collaborate with many on the platform for different reasons. There's so many good people, Um, but I would suggest anybody find you know, their target audience, where they wanna go, find out who those influencers are and really start following them, engaging with them. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean influencers in the sense that they've got a half a million followers. It could be the person who has five followers, but they're the right person, right? They got the right message, find out who they are and build with them and they will help you grow as well. Mm -hmm. As we are at the beginning of
1: 2021, I would like to ask you, do you have any, any goals
0: for yourself on LinkedIn for this year? I have not posted them on LinkedIn. Uh, and, and it's, it's interesting because I just, I, I shared a new feature called Share A Goal, which pulls it into a hashtag and it's part of, uh, you know, your overall uh, menu. Now they've pushed it out there, but I haven't shared mine on LinkedIn. Um, but I do, uh, I have created my own. I, I keep them on, you know, what I call my progress board. And they're also part of my screensaver on my Mac. So I have mine. I don't necessarily share them in that sense. Um, But I think for many people, publicly sharing goals is a great way to keep them, you know, on target. And uh, there are those, I'm more, when I create a goal, I will make sure it happens. You know, Uh, I don't have the issue of accountabilities, right? Many people realize that if they don't do this, they won't do it. And so I think again, great for them to do that and and to kind of publicly post them and help others understand that that might be uh, the source of their success, right? Mm -hmm. So
1: last question, um, Kevin, I would like to ask you if you would have one tip and uh, you would want to give one tip to somebody who's just starting on LinkedIn, what would that tip
0: be? Get involved. You yeah. know, don't look at this as a, as a brochure, uh, really get out there, get active, believe in yourself. Everybody has value and start contributing that value. Get involved. Awesome. Kevin, uh, it was fantastic to have
1: you here on uh, on a show. I, I, I feel that, uh, yeah, obviously we could carry on uh, with that discussion and we definitely will because uh, I I reserve the right to call you back in front of the jury again. (laughs) Um, Kevin, again, thank you very much for your time. It was awesome to have you here. And before we go, where can people find a little bit more about you?
0: Where where will you send them? A part of LinkedIn, obviously. Well, you know, the easiest way to find me is uh, my customized URL for LinkedIn. just ends in President. (laughs) Did that many years ago when it was an option. Uh, And uh, you don't know how many times I I come up in searches for president of LinkedIn. (laughs) That hasn't hurt me any, but so uh, linkedin.com slash in slash president. You'll find me, please come follow me, engage with me. I'm one of those who believe in follow first, engage, let's build a relationship and then let's connect. And that way we know we're going to be of benefit to each other. And so Vitek, if I can leave it with anything, that's probably what it is. Fantastic. Kevin,
1: thank you very much once again. And uh, yeah, see you next time. All right. Take care. Thank you very much for listening. Please make sure that you subscribe to our LinkedIn Smart Podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcast. We would really appreciate it. Thank you and see you next time. Be LinkedIn smart. LinkedIn Smart Podcast was brought to you by SquareMotion, a video marketing agency in Dubai. Need an engaging LinkedIn video? Go to squaremotion.me.